Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. I know I've been saying this for the past few weeks, but I can't believe how quickly this year has gone. And it's actually more so hit me tonight because this is our sports gurus last night on Open House. Sadly, Jeremy Rolston will be bowing out from the Open House family next year because of all the juggling balls this bloke tries to keep in the air at the one time. He's keeping them all in the air so far. We'll be... Um, He'll be joining us for the special Christmas show next week, Rollo, but um, it's great to see you, but a bit sad to say farewell to you. I know, I'm a bit next emotional. Week, anyway. It's yeah, yeah. fantastic to be back as ever, but it's sad to think it's my uh, last week in the seat after a few years. Yeah, we're all feeling very emo. So, <laughs> lots to catch up with uh, in the religion of sport. Let's start with cricket. In the middle of the last test match of this tied series against South Africa, we've been struggling, haven't we? Yes, we always say it. There's a lot happening in sport. Yes. Um, the cricket, yes, we're not doing uh, nearly as well as we would have hoped at the beginning of the Test match. Um, Australia is 0 for 38 as we speak. Um, but I guess the sad news is we require a world record chase to win the third test. Over 600 runs we're going to need after a couple of superb batting performances from the South African uh, batting order. So, oh. yes, not our best uh, batting lineup. Good luck to them. And one who, person who we uh, feeling very happy about it all is Gary Kirsten. Uh, he'll be uh, on Open House in, uh, in just a few minutes after we speak with you, Roller. What's even bigger news, this stellar series, is the news of Ricky Ponting's retirement this week. It was quite a shock, though, much speculated, really for years now. I guess it's been speculated in the media for years, hasn't it? But in actual fact, it was a shock to most people. And a case in point, Michael Clark broke down when he was talking yes, about Ricky yes. Ponting's retirement, and he said it was a surprise to even him. Um, look, it's nice to see him go on on his own terms, and not many sports people do that. Totally. Um, let's not forget, 17 years wearing the baggy green cap, 168 tests, over 13,000 runs. Mm. What an amazing guy. And one point that, um, that a lot of people miss, which I think is the measure of the man Ricky Ponting, is rather than retire in the next test match in front of his home crowd in Hobart, he decided to do it in Perth so that he wouldn't advance one test more than one of his idols and previous captains, Steve Waugh. So they both will be the longest-serving uh, cricketers in Australian history. That's character, isn't it, which we often speak about. Well, it, what's it going to mean for the current team? They're saying he's the last to go from the so-called golden era. Yeah, well, he's the only player uh, who debuted through the 1990s, and he did. He played through that golden era of Australian cricket dominance with people like Steve Waugh, Mark Taylor, you know, yes. Glenn McGrath, Shane Warne, Adam Gilchrist. What will it mean? Well, there is some good new blood coming through um, in cricket, you know, the likes of Brad Haddon and uh, James Patterson. Um, and, you know, there'll always be people, um, I guess, coming through in sport. That's the circle of life in sport, <laughs> retirement and, and the new young blood that, you know, are nipping on your heels. Yeah. Okay, that's cricket. Let's move to uh, rugby. Wallabies played uh, Wales this morning for the James Bevan Trophy. Epic finish to the game, which was Captain Nathan Sharp's last. Yeah, it was. Again, emotional for them. Um, a hard-fought but almost lucky win, 14-12. Wallabies won after a last-minute try by... 
Kirtley Beal. Thank you, Kirtley. But yes. it is a marathon season. I mean, these guys will start their pre-season training before Christmas at uh, similar times to now. They'll play their first Super 15 game in February. They'll start test matches in June. So you think about it. That's five months of tests. They've played 13 tests this year already. I know. It's a big ask. Lots of injuries. How much... Has that affected their ability to perform in 2012? It's got to. Well, it, it does, but I would say we're talking a contact sport and, and that's part of the sport. And yeah. every team faces this. It's not as if uh, the All Blacks, for example, haven't had their fair share of injuries. Think about their World Cup campaign last year. Yes. I think the key point um, in terms of injuries is more actually it speaks to our lack of depth because Unlike a lot of the other countries, we don't have an NPC like New Zealand. We don't have a Curry Cup uh, like in South Africa. We don't have a European Cup, something that sits underneath Super 15. So that's probably more the point. Okay. The media's been pretty critical of both the players and uh, Robbie Deans, the coach. We're going to see some changes in the new year, do you agree? Oh, look, no doubt, no yes. doubt. But um, I think, you know, in all the talk that we hear of Robbie Deans and there's always two sides to story and there's always smoke where there's fire. I think we need to remember Robbie Deans is like a god over in New Zealand because of what he did with the Canterbury Crusaders. So it's not always a reflection just of the coach. It's also a reflection of the playing stock that uh, that a coach has. Yes. Uh, now let's talk um, NRL. So there have been some meetings this week in regards to the salary cap. Yeah, look, I mean... All centred on is Ray Falau. Yeah, um, of uh, He's the person on everyone's lips at the moment. And, and Parramatta got special dispensation. I've had a lot of conversations uh, around salary cap to try and fit him in. And I guess we're justifiably angry and felt betrayed this week when uh, after helping him sort of secure his release from his AFL contract, which he still had two years to run, to switch codes... And now it seems that uh, Israel will be heading to um, rugby, um, either with the Waratahs and or uh, probably French Rugby Union and some of those cashed up French clubs that people like Sonny Bill Williams and uh, and other Australian Wallabies have played with. How do you think he'll cope with the code shift? It's a big leap, isn't it? Um, it is. I think it would be harder what he's done in terms of going to AFL because his skill set is rugby league. Yes. And that is a lot closer to rugby union. And certainly there's nuances in both games, but it's a lot closer to what he's grown up. He's Fijian. Um, you know, again, I don't think it'll be hard for someone in the calibre of his he's ability. A gift. Can you explain this to me as people um, sign contracts and are obliged to stick out their contracts? How does it work that somebody can be released like that? So it seems, from the outside, relatively easy. I mean, why not say to him, mate, you got the contract, work it out? Well, I guess there's a few things. Number one, it's a money game. So if someone's prepared to pay someone out, yes, um, that's one thing. Two, it's not that um, the club has an obligation to let them go. And the club will make a decision, do I want a player over here who I know is not happy and will have an effect on the other team members for the ensuing two years? Or do I let him go? Yeah. Um, I mean, Parramatta said this week, you know, they want someone who really wants to play rugby league. They want Israel. Yes. But if he's not going to want to be committed to playing rugby league, to committing to a club, as opposed to, I guess, I want this amount of money over here and this amount of money over here to maximise my professional playing contracts. Um, but again, it, it's very difficult. I think the one point I'd make is for people that might not understand, it's not just here's a salary cut, work with it. It's when do people come off contract, who yes. comes off contract, and that's a juggling act. Yeah, yeah.
Well, just for the record, my, one of my great hopes for uh, 2013, many hopes for the open house year, is to get Israel Folau on the program. We've had numbers of approaches in. He's got a very interesting story of faith, actually. So watch that space. And hear it from his mouth, yeah, yeah. not mine, absolutely. So before we wrap up for um, tonight, what's in store for you next year, just in case we don't get to it? Next yes, week. I mean I have a, a another sporting goal that um, I'm slowly starting to work towards. Um, but uh, between that and and work commitments and other commitments outside, um, that will be 2013 for me. But um, I've got to say, Lee, before I leave, it's been an absolute privilege to be part of this program, and and for all the listeners, as much as. Um, uh, as much as we love the show, sport is a part of, of life and Absolutely. faith is a part of sport yes. and sport is a part of faith. Yeah. And so for me to bring a sporting component to faith, life and culture has yeah. been an absolute privilege. Rollo, it's been an absolute privilege without launching into a mutual admiration society meeting. It's been an absolute treat um, meeting you and getting to know you through this program and tapping into your vast knowledge of sport. I've always said, if you do life, faith and culture, culture in in Australia. You can't not do sport. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's been a real treat. But we'll see you for the final show next week. See you next Thanks week. Thanks so much, mate. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.